Dr. Mike Parzak. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a while. The one and only, my BFFs in seventh <laughs> grade. Can you believe it? Long time, man. And now you're in Florida. In Florida, first time on the pod. First time, which doesn't make any sense, but it's definitely not going to be your last. And what's so exciting is that, man, not only have you been one of my best friends throughout my whole life, but more than that, you have been this lifeline for me when it comes to health and wellness. And, you know, you're one of the greatest chiropractors I know. I've learned so much about chiropractic through you, but more so your expertise in the naturopath realm, understanding complex gut issues and how to deal with that. And, uh, you know, this is exciting, man. We're going to jump into a lot of, a lot of stuff today. Let's do it, man. So right off the top, you're in Florida. What are you thinking about it? Florida's been great. Uh, initially worried about the heat, but body adapts. No worries. Florida's been great. You know, I noticed one thing listening to your podcast with Drew. He talked about how everyone in Florida is just, you know, networking and hustling a lot more. So it's been a lot easier for me in that entrepreneurship role as a chiropractor to network with more people. It's been a lot easier than where I was previously. And when you mention networking with people in a chiropractic role, it's different than maybe a resident physician in the sense that maybe as a physician, a lot of times customers come to you if you work for some sort of establishment. And I'm sure that still happens when you work for some establishment as a chiropractor, you have some sort of inbound lead flow, but watching you, it seems like you have to go out and get a lot of your own patients. Can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of clinics you work in where you don't really need to go get your own clientele, but as a chiropractor, you typically need to do some form of network, networking, advertising, marketing, and it's much better to build your own base and have your own following than rely on Facebook ads or you know some of that generic type of advertising because people tend to go to the chiropractor that they know and trust more so than just someone random. I think it's interesting. I had a bulging disc in my back a long time ago. I remember. Six millimeter bulging disc. <laughs> my L5S1, if you're, if you're asking. Oh, I remember. And I did spinal. I remember. I remember. You did, you did the decompression. Remember you paid berries. a ton of money for it. Paid a ton of money for it, which <laughs> turned out I had a tumor in my leg. It was never in my back. I tell a lot of patients that story, by the way. It's wild. It comes up a lot in practice. So that was actually like a situation that has helped me uh, educate patients because sometimes people got weird shit going on and it often does seem like a bulging disc but i always go back to that story and being like some other crazy shit could happen always before i explain can you explain what spinal decompression is yeah so essentially you lie on a table they strap you at the waist um, and at the chest and it pulls apart the lower back um, to open up the space in the lower back and the discs to allow the disc to heal better, uh, decompress, obviously. Um, but it's a way to actually correct, in some way, a bulging disc. I needed it because I had this six millimeter bulging disc. And after doing it, it ended up reducing to two to three millimeters, which is really interesting because I learned a lot about how if you don't treat a bulging disc early, it gets even harder and harder to fix, especially long term. But you told me once that if you were to do a random MRI or x-ray on just any person, human walking around the earth, most people actually have bulging discs. Yeah, they did a pretty interesting study. They took 100 people off the street, no history of low back pain. About 30% of them had bulging discs, but none of them had any pain. So just because you have a bulging disc doesn't mean you're going to have pain. But like you said, the longer that you let that sit there, 
the harder it is to fix. So I'll see that in practice. If someone comes in with a two, three-year-old MRI and they're just now trying to fix it, it's going to be a much harder job than if it happened two weeks ago. And a lot of people can avoid that situation happening just with some simple stretches, like the cat-cow, you know, next time you go to the gym, yeah. get, get on all fours, you know, deep breath in, <laughs> you know, really push it out, push your stomach out. Like the cat cow is amazing. And also the, uh, you know, uh, nuts to the floor, bend up, whatever that one the is. Cobras. The cobras. Yep, yeah. Yep. Because you're releasing pressure off of your, your sciatic nerve. And for anyone that's had sciatica, sciatica sucks. <laughs> Absolutely sucks. I can relate. Yeah. It's not fun. And that's also like, as a chiropractor, we're trying to as a profession, push more preventative care. So exercise stretches, obviously, but preventative maintenance with adjustments. You know, when I come hang out with you guys, I'll adjust you and you may not be in pain, but that's to work on a preventative manner to keep your body moving and functioning better so that we can prevent injuries rather than wait for the injuries to happen, then have a crisis, then spend all this money and time, you know, treating that. Pain is ultimately what brings people and motivates them to want to spend money for healthcare, right? Right. We don't do fact. We won't take action until shit hits the fan. It's how humans work. (laughs) Yeah. Like people, generally speaking, aren't going to go and get their routine physical. And a lot of people need to. Just recently, and it's it's really terribly sad. uh, I know this girl named Jessie Lee. She was like huge in the network marketing world. I shot her wedding video in 2016. Really? Yeah, one super healthy uh, girl, rocked and rolled, one of the top income earners in network marketing. She uh, found out she had stage four colon cancer in March and six months later just passed. No symptoms beforehand? Sounds like none, none of them that she shared. And it's like, you know, a lot of times it's interesting because you get in this situation, you wonder what if, what could have happened? Like, do we do more preventative MRIs? That's interesting because the only time you ever get an MRI is if you have an issue. You're not going to just go in there, but you can spend a gob amount of money to just get an MRI. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I saw, I think I saw something like Kim Kardashian is like promoting that like full body, like preventative MRIs. I think initially that's just like a, a money scam to be honest with you. But there are those situations where I've worked with people and I'm like, you know what? The MRI is probably not going to show us anything. It's probably a waste of time and money. And then you get it and you're really happy that you do. Same with x-rays. A lot of people come in, they're like, I don't want the radiation. And we take an x-ray and, you know, we find something that's really important for their health long-term. So, you know, I don't really think everyone should go in and do a preventative MRI, but at the same time, you know, you may have a million people where it's a complete waste of time and you may have that one person where it saves their life. It's just so devastating with the story with Jesse because it's like, that could have happened to anyone. Yeah. You know? So when you hear a story like that, cancer, you know, fuck cancer. But it's wild because as the world of medicine evolves and people learn more, it's interesting to have a community like yourself and Sky where we can consistently try to put ourselves in the best position to be healthy, you know, because life comes at you fast. And if you can catch something before it gets worse, that's clearly the plan. But healthcare is expensive. Right. And most people aren't going to have the funds to go and treat themselves, especially when it's not through like some sort of healthcare program, right? Like paying out of pocket for chiropractic, it's expensive. Right. And a lot of, you know, naturopath type of things are very expensive. So it's interesting. And I want to talk about this. 
for everyone that's listening to the show, you know that I have gut issues. My name's Ian Lenhart, and I have gut issues. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And I made a video about it. About Now it's coming up on almost four years ago. And I just spoke about what happened with that entire process of having SIBO and the issue. There it is, my personal story of struggling with SIBO. And uh, it sucked. Basically, I had this issue where I had uh, all this food and stuck in my stomach. And, you know, the food that I would eat today, I wouldn't necessarily poop out for a week. Yeah. And if you don't have a clear pipe, stuff's going to rot. But I didn't understand any of this stuff until it debilitated my life for like a year and a half. So during that time, I worked with you and you actually made me say, hey, Ian, take a step back. Swallow your pride, swallow your ego, stop saying you've done everything you haven't. Right, right. And you basically like put me in line, put me in check and said, let's do this together. And I followed what you were talking about, you know, kept a food journal, started doing the antibiotics, ended up doing the elemental diet. And you've really helped me a lot with preventing the reoccurrence of, mm-hmm. of SIBO. And ever since then, I've referred you as a personal contact to everyone I know that has gut issues, because if your gut's not working, your quality of life sucks. And we need to get our guts right. So what has that journey been kind of switching from being a chiropractor into the naturopath realm? Yeah, so I, I essentially do both. And the last job I was at, I had a really interesting position. My boss was really into nutrition, um, gut health, but overall health as well, you know, including thyroid, adrenals, eye, skin, you know, you name it. He kind of did everything. He was one of those guys that just really took a deep dive into everything. And he was very, very, very good chiropractor and very good doctor overall. So I was very lucky to learn from him. Um, and I got into a lot of seminars and things that really taught me a lot about that as well. But we go off the pain situation. Like we said before, it's the good motivator. I didn't really get motivated into all that stuff until I traveled abroad, got some parasites and some gut issues myself couldn't get help elsewhere. So I had to kind of figure it out myself and it just led me down that journey of kind of learning more about it. And it really is about overall health. Like you said, you know, your gut is so related to your skin. It's so related to your mood, your energy, and it's, it's related to everything in your life. So everybody should be focusing on it. And it's the hardest it's ever been to focus on it because of all the toxins in the food supply, the chemicals, the pesticides, um, the poor water quality. You know, we also grew up in that boxed lunch, Lunchables, Dunkaroos, you know, all that, all that just crap, that processed food that we grew up eating and that builds poor cells, poor cellular health. So you're not building healthy cells as you're developing and you're aging, right? So we kind of are in that weird age group where the food supply drastically changed in a short period of time. And that's why you're seeing the food sensitivities, the gluten intolerance, you know, people not being able to eat all these foods that our parents, grandparents, everyone has been eating perfectly fine for generations. It's interesting. Cause when you came over today, you said, Ian, your skin looks great. <laughs> and I hope y'all think so too. And I'm like, well, it's because, uh, I've been, I've been pooping. My, 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 I've been flowing. Makes a difference. I haven't been eating pastries. I've been staying away from a lot of carbs and it's been working for me a lot. Staying I've been away from those croissants. I've been focusing a lot on eating lots of beef, lots of red meats. Uh, in the morning I've been crushing eggs and eating a lot of berries, 
uh, a little bit of nuts. You know, so you, you would go on like more animal based, you'd say more animal, but okay. you, more paleo, right? That's okay. That's more because I'm not full carnivore. Right, right. So it's been great, but I've been flowing and it's, I see, it seems like when I do eat, you know, a croissant here and then a cookie later and it slows down your motility and blocks it. Another thing that I recently been eating, I've been eating, I think too much Greek yogurt. Okay. So I've been putting like a ton of Greek yogurt in a bowl, smashing in some berries, some flax seeds, some honey, you know, some various like pecans, walnuts. And <laughs> Sounds uh, good. it's, I mean, it's really good, but I think it just clogs me up. Okay. I think sometimes if you just look at a food, <laughs> okay. I think sometimes if you just look at a food, you can almost tell like, is that food going to clog you up or not? Like when I look at a date, I love dates. Medjool dates are like paradise. If I could just smash medjool dates and just never get sick, I would all the time. But if I eat too many, they just clog me up. And I think things like dates, prunes, when you eat too many, like if you think about your gut as being a giant intestinal tract, it's going to slow down motility. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's so different for everybody and that's why it's so complicated when you have gut issues because you're going to read so many books that conflict each other. You're going to listen to podcasts that conflict each other. You got people who will say you have to go vegetarian, you have to go vegan. And now you have people who are on full carnivore diets and you got people getting success with all of them, right? I think the key to understand is that your body is going to adapt to any situation you're in, you know, when I first came to Florida, I'm like, man, it's freaking hot here, right? Now it's, I'm like, this is great. Like, I love the heat. You know, your body's always going to adapt. But if you continuously keep putting something in your body and you're getting skin rashes, you know, irritable bowel, whether it's constipation, diarrhea, if you're um, maybe flush skin, um, you, you can't, you got to stop eating it. You know, it doesn't mean you can't eat it later on once you heal some of your gut, but if you're getting symptoms, you just shouldn't eat those foods. I mean, keep it simple. Yeah, and getting gut issues is like getting bit by a mosquito. Once you get bit, that's the only thing you can think of. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible because you don't know you don't know what to do. You don't know what to eat. You don't know what's safe. Because the digestive process could take 48 hours. So something you ate two days ago could be screwing with you today. Right? And I think most people that you run into have gut issues. I mean, if you look at your average 50-year-old male, like what do they look like? They have these big bloated bellies. Straight bloated. And if you talk to a lot of them, a lot of them don't drink. We call it a beer belly, but a lot of them don't drink beer. You know, a lot of that is undigested proteins. And that's just fermenting in your gut and it's screwing with your gut microbiome. So you got to look at yourself. Are you bloated? Are you gassy? Are you are your stools out of whack? Are you are you pooping every day? Are you pooping? <laughs> Stay pooping, my friend. Got to go every day. Every day. So you, you got to look at what you're doing, and then you want to look at your energy, because I feel like most people nowadays um, don't have the energy, and that's what I'll notice if I'm eating poorly. Because I've always been thin, so people always, you know, give me the, oh, you're so lucky. You can eat whatever you want. You know, you won't gain weight. And it's like, yeah, I won't gain weight, but I won't sleep. I'll have no energy. I'll be terrible at work the next day. You know, I have like other symptoms that happen. So it's not just like about weight. And that's what everybody associates their gut and their diet with is weight. Yeah. Does it make you more vascular when you eat healthy or is that a trade secret? I don't know. I don't know, man. Part of the that's Polish a bloodstream. Yeah. You've been one of the most vascular dudes throughout <laughs> our entire life. <laughs> so someone asked me recently if if I was juicing in some way, I was like, no, if I I'm was, I should be learn, a lot bigger. Apparently there's so many people juicing. I had no idea. So it was so common. 
apparently like 95% of the people at these weightlifting gyms are juicing. <laughs> well, a lot of people are doing testosterone replacement nowadays. Yeah. Tell me about TST replacement. TRT. 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 Pros and cons. You know, I don't know like a whole lot about it, to be honest with you. What I do know is that once you start, it's going to be difficult to stop. So once you go all in, you're kind of stuck, right? Because your body is going to change the way that it produces and releases testosterone if you start taking it externally. But again, our generation, you know, when we compare to like our father's and grandfather's generation, our testosterones on average are significantly lower. So those trends are kind of problematic when you look at overall health. Um, Cause we think about testosterone as, you know, building muscle, you know, manly traits, but it also has to do with healing from injuries, um, tissue rebuilding, you know, so there's other avenues that it impacts in your health and your life. Um, not just, you know, growing muscle. Right. Cause it seems I have some friends that are in their mid fifties and, and they, take testosterone and in, in injections. And it seems like it makes sense at that point because your body just simply isn't producing it. I think after 32, it just starts to drastically decrease. Yeah. But that makes a lot of sense. But to go on t- like TRT this early, I don't know. I don't know either, man. It's, it's one of those things where like some days I'm like, man, if I did that, I'd have more energy. I put on some muscle. I feel better. I look better. Like it kind of sounds, kind of sounds cool, you right. know, but at the same time, I don't know long-term implications. I haven't studied enough on it, on hormone replacement therapy, but it's really expensive. And I think once you start, you're stuck. Yeah. It's almost like the, uh, once you always want bigger boobs or a bigger butt. And once you see you got some big old arms and you need to keep, <laughs> just keep puffing those in. Yeah. And I think people are doing some other things along with the TRT. Uh, I know peptides are getting common. You know, everybody's on the Ozempic. What are uh, peptides? So peptides are basically like, they're basically small chains of amino acids. And Sky, you, you can look it up because, well, those are like, that's just collagen. B, yeah, the BPC, that's a peptide right there. Yeah, so they're just short chains of amino acids. So they're they're natural. And from everything I've read and looked at, they're 100% safe. And there's peptides for all sorts of different things. The common one now is the semaglutide, which is Ozempic, the weight loss drug. So I dove into that because like so many of my patients are on it and I wanted to learn about it. It's not, it, there's nothing in that that actually makes you lose weight. It's what's called a GLP-1 uh, agonist, which suppresses your hunger and, and slows your digestion. So basically... You just don't want to eat. And it, it works really, really well at getting people to lose weight. For sure. But you're not eating enough calories. You're not going to get the energy. Your cellular health is going to be damaged long term if you're not fueling your body. So how are people going to do on this this peptide two, three, four years? I don't know. We're going we're gonna to find out. What are your thoughts on people that are overweight and certain people just claiming that they simply cannot lose weight because of their genetics or their genes and it's, it's impossible? You've worked with a lot of different patients. Naturally, for someone that's fit and works out all the time and eats healthy and avoids eating all the delicious things in life like pancakes, French toast, and all the best carbs, it's, it's hard to say like bullshit. 
Like if you just put in the work, you would lose weight. Right. But do you think that in your career of working with so many different types of people, it's just some people just literally cannot lose weight? I think it's really hard in America. I think if you go to Europe and you travel, you'll see that it people are not like Americans. They, they don't get that big. The food supply is really hard. Um, we have longer work schedules than Europe as well. So we kind of live a little bit more of a stressful lifestyle. And yeah, there's a genetic component for some people that makes it much more difficult to lose weight for sure. But most people are just lazy. Let's be honest. Most people are lazy. Most people haven't done the proper dieting, even though they say they do. They still eat, you know, food, um, convenient plastic wrapped food, which is preservatives and all sorts of other shit that your body has to digest. It's mainly bad gut health, I think, in a lot of those people. Um, but then it goes to thyroid, it goes to gut, it goes to liver. There's a lot of issues with people who really can't lose that weight, even if they are dieting. But a lot of people do, and they still really struggle. So it's not easy. It's really complicated. You know, one thing I found that is one of the hardest pills to swallow is accountability with food. And I w- I'm a great example. I think I've have a victim mentality throughout this journey of trying to get healthy and get fit and just not be sick. Isn't that interesting? We just don't want to be sick. Yeah. We just don't want to be sick. <laughs> I like to drink. I like to, you know, booze. I like to do the occasional drug. Like, you know, I like to have fun, but I don't like waking up and feeling like just Jupiter just fell on my face. Right. Right. You know? And it sucks when you don't have energy, when you wake up and you have energy and you went to the bathroom, it's something so simple, but it's amazing. And it also scares me when you don't have energy because, you know, we're younger and we can handle it. But if you're like, if you, if you feel the way I typically feel with my gut issues when I'm 50, I'm probably going to have way bigger issues than when I'm 30. For right? sure. Because your body's not able to just recover like that. Unless I, you know, follow that dude's blueprint. What's his name? The anti-aging guy who we always forget. Brian Johnson. I remember you always forget. Brian Johnson. <laughs> Brian yeah, Johnson. I, I follow I follow him. See, he's. That's the weird part about today is like you got people like him on the complete other end who are like almost obsessive compulsive with their healthcare routine. I'm so glad he's doing it because I do not want to live that lifestyle. So we get to learn from those kind of people and those biohacker people who spend several hours a day trying to reverse the aging process. I mean, for me, I just try to live 80, 20 lifestyle, 80% of the time, be strict, be disciplined. Um, then the other 20% of the time, you know, try to cut loose, have a little bit of fun. Remember those cookies we had from oh, night they were owl. So good. It was so good. I think we ate like a thousand calories each. One of the best cookies, one of the best cookie hacks is think about it. If you're going to eat like four cookies, instead of just eating four chocolate chip cookies, which is the goat, you get four different types of cookies from like an actual cookie place. And you have like a quarter of four different cookies. And now you just created like cookie table. It's a big life hack. <laughs> Well, I remember I was slamming them, and you're like, slow down. I, oh, you're yeah. eating them too fast. Well, you used to eat so slow, and then you started <laughs> eating fast. <laughs> that, you know, that, that's an interesting thing. I thought about that with my gut issues. Like, maybe I was eating slow when I was younger for, like, a reason. Maybe my digestion wasn't as good, so I needed to chew more, and I don't know. Yeah, the two things that I'm most guilty of is, number one, is, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks so good is victim mentality when it comes to what I'm eating. So a lot of people have a apple throughout the day or something. And then they're just like, what, 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 you know, why am I not getting healthier? Because it's, you feel like you're doing something smart, 
but truthfully you're just scratching the surface and then mm -hmm. you're eating you know some complex carb like pasta that's not good for you from the beginning because of the raw materials like you mentioned it's not coming from maybe a european country it's coming from the supply and next thing you know you're just kind of you might be doing one good thing but you're doing another bad thing that x's it out so having like insane accountability is big uh being able to adjust your lifestyle to have tasty treats like blueberries strawberries pineapple fruits that like satisfy that sugar craving is yeah. nice but my biggest issue with bad food is overeating it's my biggest issue because hmm. i just love when you take a bite of french toast and it's drizzled it's warm it's maple syrup just pouring over it <laughs> and you just bite it and you're just swirling around tell your me mouth. more John, do you have an incomplete thought though about the cookie eating process? You didn't finish that. Oh, right. But so before I jump into that, that <laughs> process of just eating really delicious food is amazing. Yeah. How can you not want to do that? Well, for, from what I've read, like if you're craving sugar like that, there's probably something off in your microbiome. So whether that's getting more probiotics in your diet, whether it's supplementing probiotics, you can maybe manage it in that way. But I know you do a lot of fasting and I think that's one of the best things for people to do because when we talk about health in general, one thing you mentioned, to do things in a really specific way, in a smart way, the right way, you're gonna have to pay cash and it's expensive. But fasting is completely free and it saves you money and the studies are endless, they're phenomenal. If you're someone who's like, ah, I couldn't even go that long without fasting, that means your blood sugar regulation is way off. Your pancreas is working overtime. You're over-consuming carbs and sugar. So you should fast. You know, start with intermittent fasting and then build yourself up. But I think there's a lot of free stuff that people don't talk about, like fasting, that anybody can implement. And because I, I get a lot of patients who always, they have all these issues and there's always complaining and there's, um, there's always excuses, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of free stuff that people are not doing that none of us have an excuse for that we all should be doing. And I think periodic fasting is one of them. Yeah, it's interesting with the sugar thing because going back to delicious French toast is that craving for French toast comes when I've had sugar recently. And once you start having sugar, you start wanting more. Ice cream is a great example. You gotta love ice cream. Yep. But once you eat a, one ice cream cone, you, you kind of want another. You're not full, but when you mm -hmm. eat healthy food, you just feel full and you don't crave needing to eat more food. Right. But when you're eating sugar, sugar starts controlling your brain. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards you feel like shit. And then you sit there and ask yourself, was it worth it? And most of the times, no. So it's like figuring out a way to make sure your body's healthy enough before you eat something bad, right. I think is important. Because yeah. if you eat something bad with a healthy body, you'll poop it out quick and you'll recover quick. It's almost like, when you drink alcohol and but you're healthy every now and then you feel you don't get as bad of a hangover but if your gut's not working and you're already clogged up and you already have a sugar craving and you drink too much coffee and then you drink you just get triple boomed yeah you got to be you got to be smart when you're doing dumb shit right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that most people have no discipline or control but a lot of it it's not their fault cuz they grew up eating this way they grew up eating the processed food loaded with sugar so their body and their brain doesn't know anything else right like i said before your body's going to adapt to whatever environment you put it in and it's going to try to survive right your body and your nervous system is built for survival so whatever you put in 
it's going to try to do the best that it can. So a lot of people grow up without any knowledge of diet or nutrition. Um, and maybe you could blame the parents, but you know, um, now we have the internet, so there's really no excuses anymore for people to educate themselves. Yeah, if you hear this podcast and you still don't take action, when are you going to? And I'll tell you when you're going to. You're going to when shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't change until shit hit the fan. Yeah. When I mean, I, I remember when I had some of my gut issues, like I would come home from work and like have to take like a two-hour nap because my brain fog was so bad. I had just had no energy, like none. And when you're feeling healthy, you can't really like understand what that would feel like. But when you're in it, you're just like a zombie. You're just like barely getting through the day. And when you wake up and you're just charged up and you know, because I think that when I have a really good recovery, I feel great earlier in the morning. Mm-hmm. Cause even when I was eating bad, I typically can like fake it sort of I'm between the hours of like 11 to four, but the mornings would be so slow and sluggish. But when you wake up, you're like, what? What's up, y'all? Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> that's an amazing feeling. And one thing that I found that's helped me tremendously is not eating late, mm. which is tough, especially living in a place like Miami or a culture where you eat dinner very late. But technically, I've had much better recoveries when my bigger meals are around 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, but, and also avoiding complex carbs late at night. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's going to make a better recovery and it makes total sense. Your body is, is composed of two major organs that are essentially a big part of your happiness, your brain and your gut. And your gut is where 90% of your serotonin is created mm-hmm. and it takes energy to break down food. So if you have this little size stomach and you just fill it up with two X size, the stomach, your body's going to be spending time all day breaking down those nutrients right. instead of sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then you're not focusing on getting really good REM sleep and that good deep sleep. So what are your thoughts on that? A lot of your body's energy throughout the day is used for digestion. So again, that's why fasting is such a great tool because now you're allowing your body to take care of other stuff because it doesn't have the energy of breaking down all the food. You know, and I think that's why you're getting people with like the carnivore diet get such good success because they're simplifying the digestive process and they're not putting as many things in your body. You know, you go get like a protein bar, look at how many ingredients are in it. Mm. It might be 30, 40 ingredients in one little hundred calorie bar, right? Your body has to break down all of that differently, right? Your pancreas is going to digest more of your carbs and your sugar, right? Your gallbladder, liver, more of your fats. So, if, if you eat this really complex diet with, you know, at night, right before bed, you're eating over a hundred different ingredients. It's going to be a lot more work for your body. You're putting your body through a lot of work, you know? So I think if you simplify it, that's when you'll get better results. Something that's upsets me about the state of the world we live in. And it's something that everyone needs to be educated on is how quick, you know, Western medicine may be to cut something out of your body because something's not working. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have really bad bile flow. So like my body wasn't digesting as much. And this is also due to a lot of the factors I mentioned today, like not having accountability, eating the, the croissant, the bagel, like doing it over and over. But at one point I got my ultrasound on my, on my gallbladder and it shows that I have gallbladder polyps. Mm -hmm. Um, not quite gallbladder stones, but clearly 
juices that flow out of my gallbladder are, are not working well. So I was a candidate to get my gallbladder removed. And, you know, my brother's a surgeon yeah. and he cuts that stuff out. And, <laughs> you know, people make a lot of money when they do a gallbladder surgery. So I think so often people vouch for a quick fix, a simple pill, yep. such as removing their gallbladder. And honestly, I you can't blame them too much because a lot of resources out there similar to getting the COVID vaccine point towards this is a great idea. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, they do it and they remove their gallbladder and then they have to supplement the rest of their life. I just think it's so crazy that we live in a world where you really need to start becoming your own source of education. You For sure. cannot take mine, yours, Sky's, anyone's word these days. You need to learn and take control of, your, of, of, of what's going on because there are so many different opinions. There are different types of bodies and there is no easy path. Everyone wants the easy path. That's right. why the industry is so profitable. Yep. Like if you get into the naturopath world, you can make a killing. Fitness world, you can make a killing. Because everyone's always going to F up because things like maple syrup, which is actually like a healthy form of syrup, but things like Angemima syrup <laughs> exist in the world and they're going to plop you back down because couches are comfy and no one wants to work. <laughs> so everyone wants a quick fix, but I feel like the only way that people can learn is educating and becoming yeah. their own nutritionist. And that, that's what I try to do with my patients as well is try to educate as much as you can, you know, look up and, ed and research anything anybody says, whether it's me, anybody, it doesn't matter. We all have access to the same stuff, by the way, just because I have a doctorate title really doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. Right. And it's, it's important for people to be engaged in their own healthcare. Right. For me growing up was you just go to the doctor, you do what you're told, you leave. Right. And I had all these health problems as a kid that were never solved until I went to college. I started learning myself and I started kind of diving more into the natural holistic side of things and actually getting results and then getting incredibly frustrated. Like, why didn't anybody tell me this? Like, you know, I had like, I, I got these bumps on my knees. It's called Osgood Schlatters. You guys ever heard of it? I got it on my left knee. You got it on your left knee. It's, it's basically like you grow really fast as a kid. And, um, you get this bony growth at your patellar tendon. I had like severe knee pain as a kid. And like, I stopped playing basketball cause it was my best sport when I was in, when I was a kid Yeah, you were a baller and I had, um, te just terrible knee pain. And I would go to the doctor and like, Oh, I'll put some ice on it. Oh, I'll put a strap on it. Well, the ice didn't work, put some heat on it. And I'm like, what, like, what the hell is that? And now I know how to fix it and it's actually really easy and it's more of a nutritional dietary issue than anything else. But there's all these different connections that people just don't know about. But unfortunately you have to search. If you're not getting answers, you got to do your own research. You got to try different doctors, you know, go see different people um, who may have this knowledge and it may be an easy fix. It may not be, but you know, too many people give up and they say, Oh, I've tried everything. And anybody who says that, uh, very rarely have I met anyone that's actually. First of all, tried you everything. can't say you've tried everything unless you've at least done the elemental diet. <laughs> <laughs> the good old ED. ED, erectile dysfunction, <laughs> elemental diet. They might as well be in the same category. Elemental diet is when you're drinking this pre digested formula. It's basically this powder that you can survive on. It gives you all your macronutrients, but it's. Uh, I don't think it tastes that bad, but drinking that and only that for two upwards of three weeks, 
Mm, it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people don't like it. I taste it. It's not bad. Well, I thought it was like always the greatest thing ever. And I still do. If you are if you have SIBO and you're just sick of being sick, the only time you're ever going to do the elemental diet is when you've just had a fucking enough. It's like a modified fast. Like Yeah, and, and you, but you're only going to do it unless you really got to do it. Because it yeah. sucks. It absolutely sucks. And I remember I told Chase, Chase Bosworth to do it because he's been sick forever. And uh, he taught me that that's not the play because he did it. And he got so, so sick yeah. that he had to go to a, like a doctor. He like almost died doing it. Yeah, you got, you got to be careful with stuff like that because... But, but specifically because he had 10 plus years of intense drug use. Oh, okay. So all of that, uh, the Herxheimer reaction. Yeah, he was detoxing. He was detoxing too hard. deep, deep decade worth of intense drugs into his yeah. system. And your body can't handle it process. It's you can't go cold turkey, basically. Yeah, you got you got to be careful when you're detoxing the body. Even if you're someone that hasn't had like a long history of drug use, you still got to be careful. Yeah, it's interesting. It's also interesting to think about all the extracurricular things. So you know, me, you, Sky, we've created this awesome health group here in, in Miami, South Florida, where when we hang out, we still do all the fun things. We smoke weed, we laugh, we have the occasional brewski. But we also go hit the sauna. Three dudes, one sauna. That's a vibe. And then we hit <laughs> Should have done the podcast in there. And then we hit the sauna. It looks like a podcast studio. <laughs> <laughs> and then we hit the, the ice bath, which uh, Sky is apparently the ice man. No, apparently he's like the monkey now and he thinks that we, we treat him bad. He doesn't, he doesn't like being identified as the ice guy anymore. So I, I'll never say that. He doesn't like being put on the spot. Yeah. No, I like it. Just that party is what am I going to do after I shower, get in the ice bath and swim around for everyone? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what you do. Dance in there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, dance, baby. <laughs> well, we don't have like a hot tub or a pool, so all we have is an ice bath. And everyone likes That's why you just got to get a bigger ice bath. I think that's the next step. Upgrade so we can get a bunch of people in there. Get like a fat squat six up. Six by six. The 17 cubic. 17. Yeah. Oh, you've been looking into it. Yeah, I, I've, I've been in one in San Diego. My buddy had one. It's essentially just a giant refrigerator. But what, is, what does Wim Hof use? He uses a barrel in Poland. He had a, just like a built-in like built-in ground hot tub type deal, but he just fills it with the natural water in the winter, and it's cold, and they just let it freeze overnight. Um, and then in the Netherlands, he has... Just like a, he built a grotto, so the water just must be cold from the air. And he just jumps into it. That guy's badass. Let's talk through the benefits of ice baths while we're here. What uh, do you think about those guy? Let's pull up some facts. Let's pull up some facts. Big question nowadays. A lot of, a lot of people get into it. I get these questions a lot. Six proven benefits of ice baths i mean yeah in general like lowering inflammation and like recovery you know that's kind of what the athletes initially used it for this guy's just doing his feet right here but when you (laughs) that's a jones special (laughs) that's a jones yeah this guy's barely doing it well i think my thought process with the ice bath is it's almost like all the people that make excuses with their health so many people complain that they've tried everything and reality is, is we're our own worst enemy. The ice bath sucks, but if you can do the ice bath, chances are you can also say no to sugar. Chances are you're mentally resilient enough to go to the gym. It, it toughens you up. I think that's, I think that's one of the best benefits 
from it. And I'm not super consistent with it. And, but I do know that everyone knows if you take a cold shower, I mean, it sucks, but afterwards you feel better. Yeah. Fact. No, I, I don't like doing it. And every time I'm here, like Sky pushes me to do it, which I'm happy he does. And today it's Cause mid- if not, I'd bitch out all the time. Today it's sure. mid thirties too. Yeah, I'm and not, I I'm, can't do that unless everyone's like, Oh, I chaka. Ooh, you know, the <laughs> tribe. for sure. After this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Ooga chaka, ooga chaka. It's I feel awesome afterwards. I'm always so happy that I, I did it, but getting in is awful. No, it's interesting though. Uh, the, when you just jump in, I find the, the head dunk actually does help tremendously. It's the best. It just shocks your brain into like, oh, okay. Like you've done it all. You've been there. I almost find cold showers tougher than ice baths. Really? It's like a slow, yeah, yeah. like every inch <laughs> hits different. No, I, I agree with that. Cause it's just not a, your body's not surrounded by it. You start at the it's chest, like slowly drips down to your nuts, then it gets down to your toes, and then it gets your then you have to spin around and you start at the back. It's like a It's hard it's hard to do in Florida, man. My shower doesn't get that cold. Nah. It does not get cold enough at all. That's a tight problem to have. Ah, I know Florida problems. <laughs> <laughs> Something I love about Florida is just that there's lizards everywhere. Yeah, I like the iguanas too. Yeah, and it's crazy because they just drop these like there was a huge 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 poop in my backyard. And I was like, well, did someone's dog come in here? And it was just from a massive iguana. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen that Every yet. time you see an iguana, it's cool because it's a dinosaur. They look Same like thing dinosaurs. with like crocodiles, alligators. I mean, those things are effed up. I'm more scared of that than sharks, faux show. <laughs> but I mean, the straight dinosaurs rolling around. That's a cool place to live. I want to live with the dinos. You do? For sure. But I think <laughs> other people should too. I mean, the one <laughs> thing that sucks about South Florida for sure is the hurricanes. And the mosquitoes. The mosquitoes is the number one, not even a question. If I could snap my fingers and, and murder all the mosquitoes, I would. But it would destroy the whole food chain. You but know, they're, they're not bad at my apartment now. They were a couple months ago when mangoes were in season. Look, at that, mango iguana. Tree look, at, look how cool that iguana that is. Look how beautiful that thing is. Did I tell you about that time? I mean, I mean, I've been talking about this way too much. But I told you about that time I saw an iguana actually take a shit on a girl's head at a wedding you did you did tell me that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i felt bad laughing but like i also felt very blessed that i yeah i don't know that's funny that's just funny i lived in a moment of time where you know a four foot long dinosaur just just pooped on a girl's head just be thankful it didn't happen to your date yeah because that would not have been funny yeah i mean her face was pure mortification (laughs) as as it should be you know i mean her hair was ruined he's, he's doing his cobras that's actually a great, that was a great showcase of it, the Cobra. We could do that. We could show uh, ex- people exercises, but use iguanas as our example. Use iguanas. That would be a great. Keep it entertaining. Yeah. Maybe your social media shtick becomes y- iguana doing it and then you doing it. It's like always the iguana and you become like the f- iguana pot chiropractor. Just the weird. Uh, you know what I've seen recently? It's like this big tatted jack dude and he does chiropractor to dogs oh yeah 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 there, there are a lot of people who do that there's a uh, horse chiropractic is probably more popular actually uh, i want to eventually do seminar i would love to work more with dogs this um, guy right here yeah it's funny when you see the dog videos of dogs getting adjusted and then you see him look at the owner like because every time you adjust my neck and i hear that that crank that's the that's the reaction. I yeah, have. the reaction. <laughs> yeah, I've seen dogs. This one. Like, I don't know if I should kill you or thank you. 
but this whole thing. So I, I did work with one dog, um, a couple of years ago. So it was an elderly dog who was, uh, incontinent. It was just kind of peeing all over the house. Cause it was up in age. It was kind of winding down. I didn't adjust like that. I used like an adjusting tool, which is like a thud. Um, and I would adjust the, the like back part of their spine, kind of where the, the bladder kidney origin is. Um, and the dog would go a few days without peeing in the house. We would go like a week and the, the owner was obviously super excited because they didn't have to clean up pee all the time. But so when you're like how this guy's grabbing the dog's neck and like when you grab our neck, what are you waiting to feel to do this, the crack? Well, so I, I, I'm not really formally trained with animals, but you're, you're really, I don't know. You've adjusted sky before. So maybe <laughs> you're playing with different angles, you know, cause what you're looking for is the part of the joint that's not moving properly. So like, that's the part that I don't really know that well with animals. I know humans very, very well, obviously. Yeah, so that was my question. Like even with us, like, what are you waiting to feel? Well, I'm waiting one if you're relaxed because a lot of times people are anticipating it. So I'm kind of sometimes maneuvering you to distract you. Sometimes uh, I'm playing for the end range. So I'm changing the angle of my adjustment. So, you know, a lot of adjustments look the same, um, but oftentimes you're doing them in a different way based off of what you're finding. So you may adjust in a slightly different angle. Can anything go wrong during an adjustment if someone's too tense or anticipating it too much? Yeah, if somebody tenses up and and you don't actually get the adjustment, it can be discomforting, you know. I mean, kind of like, you know, you get like a little punch in the neck kind of thing. I don't have that happen ever because I just won't adjust somebody if they're that nervous or that tense. You know, nowadays there's so many tools and different tables and things that we use as chiropractors for someone who does not want their neck cracked, right? There's so much more that we can do for those people. So those people tend to be afraid, but I never force anybody to do anything that they don't want to. So one thing I want to talk about is how there's different methods in chiropractic. So for example, uh, Josh Levine, one of my good, good friends here in South Florida, also an amazing chiropractor. I used to go to him as well. They use the NUCA method and mm -hmm. UCCA and basically has to do with adjusting a certain uh, vein, if not in your neck. The atlas, the top bone. The atlas. It requires a heavy imaging, um, but it's really good for you. And he told me this amazing story because there's a lot of controversy about chiropractic being real and not. But it's also funny because there's also controversy about real doctors being real or not. Right. So, you know, you got to do your research. But it's crazy. He showed me this story about this kid that came in and I guess was having seizures forever, his whole mm -hmm. life. Mom took her, took his son everywhere, could not figure out how to help her son. Imagine that you're a mother and your kid is suffering daily from a horrific experience for years. Imagine like the torture that must feel to that woman to have to see someone you love go through that. And somehow they ended up getting in touch with Josh flew out here just to have his clinic look at him and after he did the adjustment he didn't have a seizure for like 48 hours yeah and he used amazing. to have him every hour there's a lot of stories like that in chiropractic and when i hear stuff like that i'm just like damn this shit's gotta be something yeah and when you when i work with you and you it's crazy like if i just look at my neck and i go like this i got good movement if i go like this you know that sometimes your neck just can't make it a full 90 degrees and then you do the adjustment and you can feel it. 
there, it's cool that you're actually physically working with the body. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's definitely a mental aspect to it. But what are your thoughts with the criticism of chiropractor, uh, chiropractic care of people that don't really know what it is? Well, I, I think there's a lot going on with it. And it goes into the naturopathic side of things as well as, you know, we are programmed in healthcare of the medical model, right? Which is you have this problem, it needs this solution, take this drug, problem solved, right? Your health overall is not that simplistic, right? Antibiotics kind of skew our mindset on that because if you get really sick, you have a bad bacterial infection, you go get an antibiotic, you're gonna feel better pretty quickly, right? They really are great drugs for those acute situations, right? But there's pros and cons to medications. So with chiropractic, with diet nutrition or acupuncture, some of those other more holistic type therapies, it's not you're not always going to get A plus B equals C, right? So everyone who has seizures goes and gets chiropractic care. You're going to get some people who respond well, some people who don't, right? Some techniques in chiropractic may work better for certain people, right? Human body is so complex and everybody tries to look at it in a very simplistic way, right? Oh, if I do chiropractic, my headaches will go away, right? Well, what if your headaches are completely related to digestion? What if your headaches are related to a food allergy and you're eating that food every day? My chiropractic adjustments aren't going to cure your migraines in those circumstances, right? So we could go over thousands of scenarios similar to that, but you know, people go into something like chiropractic wanting a specific result. What you're going to get is better motion through your spine. You're going to get a better functioning nervous system. Nervous systems, your brain, your spinal cord, and the nerves. That's what controls the whole function of your body. So worst case scenario, you're going to improve function in your overall body. But you may be going in for a very specific pain, right? Like you had a tumor in your sciatic nerve, right? I adjusted you during that time. Didn't get better. Nope. Didn't get better. I can't adjust the body and get rid of tumors, right? So everybody's different. And if you're still struggling with things, you need to find other avenues and find something that works for you. And the difficult part in chiropractic is we have all these different techniques. Some techniques work great for some people. And sometimes I'm doing the same technique with someone over and over again. It's not working. I switch it up and we get great results. Yeah, that's interesting. And I like that you centered around because you have to set people's expectations. Again, there's no magic pill. No, it's a process. Uh, One thing that I think is important is good mobility. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are sitting at desks all day and it's causing issues. What are some of the main issues that people are experiencing than when they're sitting at a desk for eight hours a day? So the biggest thing when we x-ray someone's neck is loss of a neck curve. And Sky, you can pull, you can pull that up there. Pull up the, uh, so pull up a neck. Yeah. Yeah. Do the x-ray though there. Yeah, that one right there. So that military neck is what the vast majority of people look like on x-ray. I've only x-rayed maybe several of those quote-unquote normal necks for a new patient. Someone comes in, they got neck pain, they got headaches, whatever. Nobody's neck looks like that on the right. Very, very rarely. And it's all from bad posture over the years. takes a long time for that to get there. Um, and I even posted something today that showed a study um, proving that when your neck is in that military position, that straight position, so forward head translation is what they'd call it, um, you're getting less blood flow to your brain. 
So chiropractic's not just about pain, right? That's what people typically use it for. But if you improve that neck curve, you're getting more blood flow to your brain. So that can help your headaches, can help your mental clarity, your focus. Um, I mean, you want to be able to provide your brain with as much oxygen and nutrients as possible, right? Yeah, so and you also need to move. I just feel like if someone's sitting there for eight hours a day, then you get in a car and you're sitting there, like you really need to focus on getting your stretches in, going for walks, seeing the sun, some 100%. of these basic things. So that normal neck, the curve there, it should be, that's how it should be. Yeah, so you got to, uh, if you're looking at someone from the side, you want a forward curve in the neck, backwards curve in the mid back, another forward curve in the lower back. So the spine curves to kind of dissipate force against gravity, essentially. What about like a, I feel like our necks are always like this, you know, we're looking at phones leaned forward. Right. So every time you look down, you lose that curve. Oh, every time you slouch in a couch, which I'm not even in the best posture right now, yeah, which is either. probably problematic for this podcast. But every time you slouch, your shoulders round forward, your head comes forward. So that is going to affect your posture. Whether, Isn't it funny when you have really bad posture and you put yourself in a position of good posture, it like feels not normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, you know, when you, you have muscles in between your spine and after about 20, 30 minutes of sitting, your brain kind of shuts those muscles down. Because they're tiny muscles, they're posture muscles, they keep your spine upright. And when you sit, you compress your whole spine, your whole structure. So your brain shuts those muscles down to prevent injury or straining those muscles too much. So like you said, that's why you got to get up and move more. Yeah, that's true. Hey, make sure your mic's like right like there. Boom. There Boom, we go. Shakalaka. Is your neck curved? But I, You know, I, I got a decent neck curve. I haven't x-rayed it in a couple of years, to be honest with you. I'm due for one. So I got to do that. Uh, we'll see where it's at. It should be a forward curve about 30 degrees. Last I x-rayed mine, it was at like a 12. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Like, you think chicks are into that? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think, they, I don't think they care that much. Yeah. They should. They should. Longevity. I think they are because they generally like taller guys. So if you don't have that curve, you're shorter. That's true. And, you know, uh, as we age, you guys know you shrink, right? You get shorter. Maybe you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You get shorter as you age because your discs thin out. So the the neck on the left there, if you keep that for 10, 20 years, all those discs are going to degenerate and they're going to waste away. And then your bones are going to get jagged and they're going to get arthritic. And that's typically when people come in when they're 50 years old and their neck looks like garbage. So what's the key exercise to getting that neck curve back? Great question. So more extension, looking up, looking up and back, because you, we probably look down a hundred times more per day than we look up, and that's just an arbitrary number. I just made that up. It might even be more for most people, depending on your job. But very rarely are we looking up, but we look down a lot more. So you would just do like ten sets of, yeah. Yeah, and then doing your Cobras, which ten is going to... Ten sets of lookups. Ten sets of lookups. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's more more importantly just keeping the body moving, right? Because if you're never looking up, that lower neck is never moving in extension. It's only moving in flexion. So it's going to get very, very rigid. And that's what I see when I work with people. And then they get the big hump on the back of their neck. You see it? You guys seen those? The big fat pad that... that People like get hunch, right here. Like the hunchback of Notre Dame vibe. 
Kind of. Well, no, that that's like a big. I'm talking about like you, you see a lot of people they get uh, look, look up Dowager's hump. It's gonna be gross when you uh when you Google this one. Dowager. Oh, right there. The first Dowager's. One. Yeah. Oh. So I mean, that's an excessive one. That's like. That's that's probably like an adrenal issue, but. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that posture that that woman is in right there is the posture everybody is forming to in our modern society. Yeah, that's almost like an alien posture. I feel like that's my posture. No. I can notice that like a lot of the time. I'm like, no, you have good posture. Slumping over. Oh, thanks, dude. Thanks it's, uh, you know, they, they call it upper cross syndrome. Upper cross? It's extremely common, and especially if you're working at a desk, you're just going to you're going to have to do things to combat that chiropractic. It looks like he's exercise, got a giant yoga. Is that, yeah. like a massive zit? There, there are some conditions that can cause that, but for the most part, it's just poor posture. There's yeah. so many people that are struggling with health issues that just, they never talk about and they just go through their entire life in shame. But a lot of these health issues are, you're not so uncommon. And I feel that you need to, when you have an issue, you need to address it. Similar to a lot of people who have finance problems, they never address it. Mm-hmm. They never just take action. They never acknowledge it. Similar to personal development, they never acknowledge that they need to grow as a person. They find something that's comfortable and then they just stick with that same thing for years and years and years and years and years and years and years until more bad shit piles on. So I'm really grateful that we are in a group of people and anyone listening to this podcast is included in that. You're you care about improving your life and just trying to have your own personal experience. And I think the older I get, the more I realize that no one really gives a shit about necessarily my life because everyone's so worried about their own life. Mm-hmm. And that's a superpower in itself. When you start realizing that you know you have to choose a way to live life in a happy way, and uh, you don't have to you don't have to get everyone to like you. You only really need a couple of really good friends that are all marching to the same beat and that are, are trying to pursue happiness and health is happiness. So find yourself friends like Doc Pars, Sky, and you know, other people that come over that you can talk about these things with and you, you educate. I know two things that I found really interesting is number one, how chocolate bars are actually really fucking bad for you. Specifically dark chocolate bars. You know how historically 85% up, it was like, mm, cacao, 85% cacao. That's the money. Yeah. So I was buying 85% cacao and I was just smashing these chocolate bars. Like how can you eat one piece of chocolate or two pieces of chocolate and I eat the whole bar? Like anyone that has that type of self-control, like God damn, respect. But it turns out that there was a study done. The doctor, well, Dr. Paul Saladino brought it up on his podcast, but he found this thing on Consumer Reports that says that like 99 out of 100 of the biggest chocolate bars are so bad for you. They're packed with heavy metals and I think it's cadmium maybe not it's a heavy metal yeah and it's nuts there's only like three brands that are just not super high and Dementia, cancer rates increase with these heavy metals. And Damn. In these chocolate bars, there are significant amounts. This little, pure, simple dark chocolate, one ounce had 
the maximum daily allowed amount of lead. One ounce, 204% of the maximum. And I think there's only like a few ounces in each of those. Here, hit pause on this. So like, that's what's crazy. Like, that's a fun fact. There's so much stuff on the internet talking about how good cacao is, which I still think the cacao ceremony is the biggest funny scam, marketing scam ever. Like, we're just going to get like all together and just eat chocolate and like unlock our chakras. <laughs> it's like, well, well, first off, this guy's going to get kicked out of all grocery stores at some point in his life. He's awesome. <laughs> but it's, it, you know, it's all about the source, right? And that's another part of diet that's so exhausting. And I think a lot of people are exhausted with conversations like this because it's like, well, shit, what, what is safe, right? And it's all, anything mass produced, mass grown is likely to have some of that, whether it's heavy metals, pesticides, chemicals, and it's so tough to focus on. I think buying local farmers markets, finding local farmers, give your money to them, not the big food companies, and you're going to have better quality. And, you know, it, I think that's also why people should fast and detox more because we've all been exposed to so much of that. Like we don't even know the extent of all the heavy metal chemical exposure that all of us have had from all sorts of foods. I mean, that's just chocolate. Another two things that have been really pissing me off is scented candles. (laughs) Terrible. Who doesn't love a nice scented candle? You know, I like to walk into a little pumpkin, pumpkin action. Nice Yankee candle. Yeah. You know, nice candle lit watching and watching the game, you know, watching some Netflix, smoking a bowl, hanging out with your candle, getting real Zen with your with your moon rocks or your uh, salt rocks. But candles are apparently terrible for us now. Socks. That's the one that pisses me off. What's the other one that pisses well, me off? Well, you're burning a chemical, right? And then you're breathing it in. The other one that pisses me off is sunscreen. Shit. Like sunscreen, damn, like 95% of sunscreens are terrible for you as well. So we do need to find a brand of sunscreen. There's a huge, huge marketing opportunity in the sunscreen world. There, there are some. I feel like it's been attacked, honestly. It's just like you got to go zinc. Yeah, it's, it's the zinc, but the thing is, is then it, uh, it just smears and it's so hard to clean off. I, that's what I used when I was surfing a lot because my face would just get beat up from the sun. And I put that zinc on and man, it would take like two days to get that off. And you just got white shit all over your face. It looks terrible. Yeah. I used to use it in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, now I just don't use sunscreen. I just, yeah, I, I haven't used, I haven't used it since the, the first boat day. So that's crazy that you guys don't use it. Cause if I'm in sun for 30 minutes, I'm turning into a lobster. So do you, is the play just to like avoid being in the sun for 30 minutes? Just kind of like, well, so what that tells you is that you're not absorbing the sun yeah properly so there there's a lot that goes into that there's a guy named dr jack cruz who's like kind of ahead of his time it seems like right now with his light science like he's really really into light science if you look if you jack cruz k-r-u-s-e k-r-u-s-e yeah there he is so this guy he's intense he's not for everybody i'll say that in his if you want to read his blogs and stuff, yes, he's already got stuff about blue light. If you did dive into him, it's really difficult, deep science. Like he's a neurosurgeon. 
We yeah, the yeah, that, that's hypoxia number fourteen. We the people soon will not be able to breathe the, like Jor. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh he's aggressive in his message, but his science and knowledge is really advanced. Essentially, you want to be able to absorb the energy from the sun. Now, you know you can read all his stuff, and and he has some tips on how you can absorb the sun better. Um, but some people, if your genetics and your heritage are Swedish or Irish, you know, <laughs> it mean, is what it is, man. You might just not absorb the sun well. You I might mean, need like, sunscreen more than other people. My, my first rap name was was the Albino Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> not chosen. Didn't stick. Given. <laughs> I didn't choose it, but I just burned so quick. Super gringo. Yeah, I mean, th- there's some things that you can do to improve that, like getting morning light um is important i think the biggest thing and what he talks about is not getting so much artificial light Mm. you know like right now we're surrounded by the artificial light we're surrounded by it with our phones our laptops right all of us are absorbing so much of that artificial light and it's affecting our eyes our skin so any light that you're going to put around your body your your skin and and your eyes are going to absorb it I love the morning light. There's some sort of marketing opportunity with that. Makes you think of morning wood. So I wonder if there's like going to be a movement where it's like, get your wood in your light. Get your wood out in the light. (laughs) Yeah, get your wood out in the light. Early early stages of brainstorming here. Yeah. Sun your wood (laughs) in the light. Well, I have a red light at home that we use and it's two different specific frequencies one is for like deeper tissue healing so your cells internally can absorb it's like 880 nanometers or something like that and then there's the bright red light um that's like good for your skin so that's super popular now you can go to a lot of businesses like cryo places uh have like red lights you like lie in it it's not a tanning bed but your body just basically you surround yourself with the red light and it's similar to a frequency of the sun, but it doesn't burn you. So you can get the benefits of the sun without getting burned. Now, I don't know if you want to create a light that has the exact frequency of morning light and and combine it with your morning wood idea. I don't know. You might be honest on there. Maybe I should pitch it to Brian Johnson. <laughs> Brian Johnson introduces the morning wood light. Yeah, he loves talking about his morning erections. That loves guy. It. Yeah. <laughs> He's the, probably the first one ever to test his erections at night it's it's one of the f- questions you if you're going to do hormone replacement therapy it's one of the first questions to ask so how do you man. do it do you have to put like a device on your on your on your piece or how well, do you- I, I just know that at hormone replacement therapy clinics they'll just ask you it's just a questionnaire yeah, let's look it up what is the device <laughs> that they put on he uses your- a device yeah there's like this thing that you can track to see how much boners you get at night <laughs> Does it measure the quality? You should probably look up Brian Johnson specifically because this is just going to be like I, erectile dysfunction stuff. Honestly, everybody should look up Brian Johnson. What? Well, no, look up Brian Johnson erections. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful here. You got to be real careful with that. All right. I just want you to read this. <laughs> How do I know if I'm fully erect? Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time, <laughs> just hangs around minding its own business. Most of the time, the penis is flaccid and just hangs around minding its own business. Oh, During man, an erection, Google. it becomes temporarily engorged. <laughs> <with> <laughs> 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 
<laughs> enlarged. <laughs> um, I'm a four-year-old. <laughs> I don't know. You might <laughs> How can you say that with a straight face? Night boners. Yeah, there you go. Oh. Two hours and 12 minutes. Shockwave therapy. That's it. Shockwave therapy. Also, uh, the clinic I work at right now, we do shockwave therapy. Not for boners, though. <laughs> this <is the> guy. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's never had a boner in his life. I'll show oh. you mine if you show me yours. <laughs> <laughs> Name's Johnson. Brian so that, Johnson. That's actually really interesting because... So the shockwave is, is this device. It's like this wand. We wave it over like... Um, uh, plantar fasciitis, uh, tennis elbow, like for therapies like that, like the shockwave kind of wipes that out. It breaks up scar tissue. It increases vascularity. And so, the the inventor of it, I believe, we might not want to look this up, but I believe the guy who invented this device invented it for erectile dysfunction, but found out that it broke up scar tissue and was really healing for stay, a lot of other here, things. Sky. Scroll down. Not because it's a key piece of evidence you just but said. That's that's the joke that we he always said, make in the clinic. So that's funny that he's this saying guy the goal actually does is it. to be erect for three hours and thirty minutes a night. Brian Johnson says about penis rejuvenation. <laughs> so what are you using to test that though? That's my thing that I've been trying to figure out. Like, there's a device that people are buying from him. He puts an aura ring around his. He's around probably making. <laughs> imagine that you have to get sized. <laughs> But uh, he, he stimulates his. Johnson so that's it, that's crazy because if you Johnson. if you felt the shockwave, there's nothing about that feeling that you would want on your penis. It's gonna feel terrible. Well, you know, speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, Brian Johnson. Imagine he's like, got goals. Imagine like the next Lisa Ann Pocket slang just comes <laughs> equipped with penis shockwaves. <laughs> Shout out Kevin McCormick. Um. Yeah, that's a, a. Does it say how much he does it? <laughs> Only like ten of my homies will laugh at that. <laughs> does it say in this article, Sky, how? Like when he's doing the shockwave, how no, much? No, because his business model is amazing. So with the blueprint, he uses his body as a uh, essentially a test dummy to live longer. His thing is don't die. And he's using all sorts of these different ingredients. Like one of them I bought is cephalon cinnamon instead of normal cinnamon. doesn't taste nearly as good as normal cinnamon. Hmm. But he, you then find out about this and then he sells it. And he sells his own olive oil now. And he sells all these machines to test your body. And uh, we can move on because this has been a while. But I am curious about what machine goes on your, goes on your piece. Um, he's using shockwave therapy. So well, I know that, but what, like, like if you get shocked, then at night, it's, it's I if if you get that done before bed and can go to sleep, yeah, you, I don't know, man, you're you're some type where of person. Sound waves are targeted at an area of the body to stimulate blood flow. Usually during the treatment, a small wand is used to target the penile tissue. But Johnson told the Diary of a CEO podcast that he is able to sit on his shockwave device. <laughs> <laughs> oh man wait hold up what does this device look like it's it a wand it says a wand so he's sitting on a wand <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah, yeah that's well i learned something today let's move on from that one <laughs> yeah so it's interesting you know <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know where you transition from there 
Oh, we got the dartboard up now. <laughs> <laughs> we can play pool and darts, baby. Oh man, I I can't believe that. So what else do we need to cover on the first ever Dr. Parzak chiropractic slash all around? I know you brought your, your table. What are your thoughts on always just being asked to adjust people? Um, you know, it, it does get a little bit annoying, but at the same time, people for the most part are engaged and interested in what I'm doing. And I think that's a good thing overall. So I don't look at it as a negative. People are usually engaging and trying to be, you know, learn more. So I think a lot of people are just trying to learn more, Yeah. but there are definitely people who take advantage, but you know, that's up to me to, you know, handle that. But I, I like to give, you know what I mean? A lot of people have not experienced it. So I want people to experience chiropractic care. I want more people to utilize it. Yeah. And you're really good at it. Like you work with local gyms and you actually like work on, on people. I try, I try to get as much people exposed to it as I can. I think it's, something that is for everybody. I've seen every age group. I've seen babies. I've seen elderly, you know, not everyone gets the same chiropractic care. I think that's the biggest misconception. Everybody's always obsessed with the cracking because of TikTok and social media nowadays. Yeah. They love the noise and that's, that's what people want. Right. But it gets the people going, it gets the people going, but it's a lot more than that. So you know, anytime I have friends or family who are interested, I'm always happy to, you know. Well, I'm out. proud of you too because you're you're moving on to another facility where you're gonna be practicing, and I know you're gonna eventually be opening up your own. Uh, and I can't wait to be your first client. Uh, one thing that I find really interesting, and I'm gonna completely pivot, is to why uh, Joe Glacken. So he's uh, he's moving back to Tampa. Oh hell! Awesome. So they had a baby, and then they wanted to be closer to family, so they moved to Rhode Island. And then he's funny. He's like, "Yeah, we moved to Rhode Island to be closer to, to family, and we, we still never see our family." Yeah. And how many people use that excuse? Like they never leave an area because they want to be close to family, but like you never really see your family. Yeah. That's why I just think that people need to not be a tree and move to a place that's nice. It doesn't have to be Florida. It just has to be somewhere different. Too many people are stuck in an environment that doesn't serve them. And it's interesting to me because a lot of people hate the place they grew up. Like, let's be real. Albany's boring. But someone decided to go to Siena College that lived in some, like, California. Like, it's crazy. I don't know why they do that. But <laughs> but it's interesting because it's like where you grow up is never going to be as exciting as somewhere you go. Like, this girl was asking me about California recently. She's like, oh, my God, you live in California? Like, how is it? And I'm like, it kind of blows now. It was amazing for a while, and I met a lot of really great people, but um, I just don't really like it, like like the vibe of California like it used to be. But I was like, but don't take my word for it. Go out and experience it yourself. Yeah. You've always lived in Florida. Go live other places. Yeah, it's interesting. Whenever you move, because I moved all over, and whenever you are in an area for a while, the locals who are there don't like the area as much. They don't. The restaurant that you may love, they're like, ah, it's all right. You know, the, 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 everything, the beach, ah, yeah, whatever. I mean, the beach is okay. You know, but if you're new, it's all exciting. And, and, and as an outside looking in, you're like, this place is great. Cause you compare it to your experiences. So I, I've always picked up on that. Like when you move to somewhere, the people that are like, there's always going to be people in an area who are like, ah, oh, I don't know, this area is bad. Cause of this reason they got all their negativity, but you know, it, Moving to Florida has been fun. It's it's been exciting. So, so it's time to wrap it up, Brian Johnson style. <laughs> Let's wrap up our woods. 
if you were to go back in time and you could have talked to 16 year old you you're the star of star quarterback for shaker high school all the world ahead of you big dreams big goals knee pains <laughs> and you could have told yourself one two or three things in all seriousness that could have saved you a ton of time money heartache headache what are maybe some of the things that you know the older wiser you would have told yourself it's a good question. You ask everybody this, don't you? No. <laughs> I would say always be learning more regardless of what you do. Like I look at myself now, I've been in practice for over five years. I was in college for like eight years. And like there's still so much more for me to learn as a doctor and as a chiropractor. And I still like going to seminars. I still like learning more. And I kind of sound like as a 16 year old, I would have thought by 31, I would have had everything figured out, everything dialed in. Um, that's definitely not true. And I think that can be daunting as a young person to look and be like, I got to keep learning for this long. Right. Cause we go through school and school mostly doesn't teach us a lot at all. Right. But when you find something you you're interested in, you're passionate about, you know, you can always learn more and play the long game you know, don't try to learn it all in once, you know, when I first learned to adjust, I just, I wanted to learn it. And just uh, once I got it, I thought I was going to get it and be good, but that's not how it works. So I, I would say just like continuously be learning and growing more and don't hesitate to reach out to people with more experience than you to have them teach you more. You would say all of that to yourself. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and maybe, uh, uh, no, I was going to say something about the shockwave, but we'll let that die. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> We're done with Speaking that. Speaking of shockwave, thunder just hit. We live in Florida, baby. Let's go. And Storm's you know what we're coming. about to do right now? The boys are about to cook some steaks. We're about to make a little bolognese action, a little bit of butternut squash with some nice olive oil, some beef tallow up in there, some salt, some pepper, some avocado. Get in that ice bath. Garlic. We're about to ice bath. We're about to sauna. And we're probably going to get super stoned. So this has been another great episode of the Damn Good Day Show. Dr. Mike Parzak. Thank thanks you, for thank coming you. on, brother. <laughs>